It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Wednesday morning. Yesterday after the show, after we talked about Aaron Rodgers and a potential trade, there was another NFL insider that we all know, Peter King. Peter King, who came out and linked the Jets to Aaron Rodgers, too. And said that if they trade him, he said it's going to be a couple of first-round picks. And they're going to trade him to an AFC team. And then drops Woody Johnson. He goes, Woody Johnson would be thrilled to pay that price. So now, you add Adam Schefter, you add Ian Rappaport, and Peter King. All linking the Jets to Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe that this is going to happen. I almost want to put the brakes on this right now before this gets out of control. Because think about all the crazy things that we have talked about that have not happened since you and I have been together. And then previously, obviously, when you and Craig have been together, all these crazy ideas and players going to these New York teams or Bill Belichick coaching the Giants. Remember that one, too, when CMB was around? And they were like, BB to NYG. And they were hashtagging their asses off. And none of it ever happens. Never happens. Even Carlos Correa, we were dreaming about that. We thought we signed him, and then we didn't. So I'm thinking just stop. Everybody relax. Stop. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. Right? Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about oh, that, not man. you, too. I'll just tell you, where there's smoke, there's fire, man. It's just crazy what's going on out there. And the amount of people that feel like this is a potential. Now, I have to be honest. I was in the middle of all that. Uh, let's get Brett. Let's get Brett yep, stuff. Yep. And uh, it wasn't really me screaming that. It was Craig screaming that. Out well, that's one that did lot. happen. You're right. That's one that actually yeah, the did Brett happen. Favre thing happened. Yeah. When, when that happened, I was like, you, man, anything can happen. I mean, anything can happen, and that's the and that's the amazing thing. And we saw a lot of that last off season with the quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, whether it be Deshaun Watson ending up in. Cleveland of all places, Russell Wilson being traded to Denver, although we kind of felt like where there was smoke there, there was fire. And I think that there's something about what what's going on now. And I may I are the Packers completely like exhausted dealing with Aaron Rodgers and all the stuff that Aaron Rodgers brings to the table, other than just being a great football player. I mean, there's a lot of stuff and uh, you know, he's complicated as we've heard. A thousand times out of Green Bay, so you know I'm not I'm not saying that it is happening, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that it would happen. Uh, the Jets are are desperate, you know they're desperate. They want a star in here, and I you know I heard the guys talking again yesterday. Lamar Jackson is not the answer here, just not. I mean, like I don't un- I don't understand why people don't understand what type of offense you know Lamar Jackson runs. And, and how receivers don't really want to play with him. It's not that they don't appreciate him and think that he's a great player. It's just that he is a different type of player. Now, you tell me that Aaron Rodgers is coming here, uh, and you said that, uh, you know, you ask 
you know, Elijah Moore and, of course, Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis, those guys would be ecstatic that he would be coming here. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks we have ever seen. And, of course, he's lost a lot of big games at home in the playoffs, only has the one Super Bowl championship, but he's as talented as anybody who's played the position. But you talked about a couple of different guys who you know left last year or got traded last year, whatever it ended up being, big-name quarterbacks. And there were reasons that made sense to me why those guys ended up in different places. Now, the Broncos we talked about as a spot potentially for Aaron Rodgers last year, and that was one of the reasons why Nathaniel Hackett was the coach, because that looked like a team that had everything but a quarterback. And the Seattle Seahawks were not going to give Russell Wilson the extension that they wanted, or he wanted. So you got the Denver Broncos... They need a quarterback. They lose out on Aaron Rodgers. They're desperate to bring somebody in. They end up giving Russell Wilson the extension, and he wanted to go somewhere else because he wasn't going to get the money from there. So all that sort of lined up. You were even saying that before, that to see he wants an extension. I don't know if the Seahawks are going to give it to him. Deshaun Watson to the Browns, that's an easy one. The Browns gave him the most ridiculous contract in the history of the NFL. Now, those things made sense when we looked at the shrapnel and the rubble after those deals were made. How is Aaron Rodgers going to be on the Jets? How is that going to happen? Because he's getting paid more. If he stayed with the Packers, I'm sure he'd get paid the most amount of money because him moving and all everything else. And it just would be crazy if he went to another team. And if he's going to get traded, as Peter King said, it's going to be to an AFC team. And maybe the Jets is the only one that makes sense. Titans. Yeah, but I mean, they really don't have any weapons yeah, there. Yeah, but I'm saying the Titans might, might make sense, too. Okay, but I mean, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going to and the, the Raiders, Jets. By the, and the Raiders, too, by the way. Like, I don't see him, right, that, that would be one that would make a little more sense to me. Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels, offensive mind, yada, yada, yada. But I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going, all right, I'm going to end my career in New Jersey at Florham Park and then play I know, at MetLife Stadium. I mean, did you ever think that Brett Favre would He do was that? a little more desperate and crazy, though. Like, I know that Aaron Rodgers is crazy, but Aaron Rodgers is crazy and they're like, the, I'm going to retire and become a yoga instructor crazy. Like, Brett Favre was like, I'm going to play, I'm going to go where whoever wants me, I don't care, and I'm going to play and I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to do... And he still wanted, he wanted to get to a division rival right. to really stick it to the Packers, and he ended up doing that in 2009, as we know. But, like, he... that that Those personalities between Favre and Rodgers, even though there's a lot of similarities at the end of their career, I don't see them as the same guy. You know, I kind of put this whole thing... So you could have had, last year you could have had Deshaun Watson or you could have had Russell Wilson. Now this year you may be able to get Aaron Rodgers or you may be able to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I I, I think that if Lamar ends up going to Atlanta, I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I can't see him coming here to the Jets. But I can see Aaron Rodgers potentially coming here. Yes, I could see that. See, I could also see Lamar Jackson coming here because of the desperation that the Jets have. Now, I know the football reasons. I don't disagree with that. But I do think that the Jets are in a position, plus Joe Douglas's connection to the Baltimore Ravens. I could see them saying, all right, this guy is available now. Like, I'm going to go out there and and do it. Just again, remember it. That's an AFC team to an AFC team. Yeah. So that that. 
may preclude that just simply because they don't want to see him in the playoffs. They don't want to see him during the regular season. And if they do send him to Atlanta, then, you know, I don't know what their crossover schedule is next year, but it's on, you know, you're not going to see him every year. Yeah, I mean, and that's a different story if the Baltimore Ravens end up saying that I, I want him out of the conference. But then again, I mean, the Jets could be the team that ends up offering more than anybody else. And then they have to weigh that whole thing. But from a Jets perspective, I don't think that they've ruled out Lamar Jackson. I think that they've probably considered that. But I mean, right, I mean, right now the Jets have the 18th strongest draft power ranking going into the this year's draft. So they have only six draft picks: 13, 44, 75, and 112. So you take a look at that, and then you compare it to say the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders have 11 picks: seven, nine, a 39, 71. I mean, much more attractive if you if you really look at it. Um, you know, the Houston Texans also have a, a ton of draft pick. Uh, He's not capital. going to the Texans, though. I, I doubt it, but I'm just saying, I'm trying to give you, you know, what it would take to get him. And I just, I don't know if the Jets have exactly what it takes. They don't have a top 10 pick this year because of their modicum of success. And you would end up having to give future picks up as well. So I, you know, there, there has to be a lot of things that are going on here. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers said it yesterday. He basically said, look, you know, I'm not going anywhere until I decide what I want to do. And what he wants to do is whether or not he wants to play football. And by the way, if you are getting him, are you getting a guy that is totally committed to to really trying to, to do something special with whatever team? Yeah. Uh, uh, acquires him. Now, I think that for sure. I wouldn't question that at all. I don't, I don't think he ends up at another organization and then just mails it in. I mean, that that would absolutely shock me. And I think that if his heart wasn't in it and he was done, he wouldn't come back. But to me, all the money that is still out there for him, I don't care how much money he's made in his career. I mean, that's got to be the reason why he comes back. You know, and then there's, you know, the thought that maybe, you know, how about the Dolphins and all that? Dolphins draft capital this year is virtually non-existent. They are the worst team going into the draft this year in terms of draft drafting and draft picks because they, they traded a bunch of it away last year for Tyreek Hill. They have the 52nd, the 78th, 85th, 178th, and 240th pick. That's basically bare bones Yeah, when it comes to uh, draft capital. You know, I was trying to think, is there any way, is there any way Ready for this one? Sure. That either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers could end up with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys? Well, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers will because of what you just told me about the NFC-AFC thing. I mean, Tom Brady is free to do what he wants at this point, right? So he could go wherever. The Dallas Cowboys... Are they done with Dak Prescott? Uh, I mean, I feel like Jerry Jones is a guy who generally hangs on to people too long, and he's not that impetuous owner, and he's stuck with Jason Garrett for too long, and he, he kind of hangs on to these guys. So I would be surprised if they were done with Dak Prescott. There is a potential out, it, there is a potential out after next year okay. in Dak's contract. But, you know, again, these contracts, who knows what the hell they're worth and and how they can get themselves out from underneath it. But I'm, I mean, you know, Jerry and Stephen Jones were supposed to have a press conference yesterday and it was canceled. Yeah, and there also was their radio interviews as well. Same right. thing. They canceled everything. What do, what do you think that's all about? 
Uh, I don't know if it means that they're getting rid of Dak Prescott. I mean, I probably think that they're bummed out and wanted to take a day, maybe so they weren't emotional and say stuff that they didn't mean. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but whenever they do speak, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if that were the case, if they moved on from Dak Prescott. Why, why, why would you be surprised? Because of what I just said about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they hung on to Jason Garrett forever when everybody wanted him out of there. And I feel like Jerry Jones is not the guy who makes like those rash, crazy decisions. And I think that he loves Dak. And if you're telling me, like, so you want to go, what's the alternative game that we always do? I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, I don't, the Green Bay Packers are not going to send Aaron Rodgers to the Dallas Cowboys. No way, no how. Now, Tom Brady going there, it's maybe, maybe he would want to, I mean, he's going to play somewhere. There's no doubt about it. Um, but th- that more of a possibility, but I would have to know that that was like a real thing that Tom Brady wanted to play for the Cowboys. I'm, I'm just I telling that. you, I just, uh, I, I wonder, I really do, because of what the Dallas Cowboys social media post was this week after the game against San Francisco and then just thinking about the frustration of Jerry Jones thinking that he had a team and then unfortunately Dak didn't play well against San Francisco and you're thinking you know they may think sometimes you have to sit in this room these rooms and you have to say to yourself do we actually have the guy behind center that is going to take us there yeah no we have that guy knows that Dak has been there for a long time and they know him better than anybody, and I'm sure they, they do respect him and like him. I'm just wondering, are they, are they realizing that you know maybe this is the thing that's not going to get us to where we want to go, and that's the Super Bowl? Well, Jerry Recco said that Jerry Jones was going to die this offseason, so he probably doesn't really care next year who the quarterback is anyway. So I would think that this is more of a Stephen Jones thing than a Jerry Jones thing. Yeah. But... I don't know. That's Some, just sometimes it just requires something completely out of out of the blue, because that team has got a really good defense. They yeah. they have a really good defense, and I think they have Micah Parsons. What this is this is second year, mm-hmm. so they don't have to pay him for another year. That's right. And uh, you know maybe one of those quarterbacks end up going there. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting thought for sure. I mean, I really thought I was going to come Would in. Would you here. want Dak Prescott as your Jet quarterback? Yeah, I'd like him better than Derek Carr. I like him better than Zach Wilson or whoever else you could bring in at that point. Some of these other things. I mean, I would, I would obviously take Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson over him, but you could do worse than Dak Prescott. You really could, especially with the history of the quarterback position with the New York Jets. But I really thought this morning when I said, like, we got to stop this Aaron Rodgers nonsense. It's not going to happen that you were going to be like, you're absolutely right. It's not going to happen. And then you gave me the, I don't know, man. I don't know where there's smoke, there's fire. So now I got to believe that this is a thing. Yeah, well, I, I guess that Aaron Rodgers first has to decide whether or not he wants to play. I guess that's what everybody's waiting with, uh, you know, bated breath to see whether or not he wants to come back and get his $50 million a year. If you just said, like, the guys at the, the top of the NFL and in sports that are not East Coast people. He's not one of them. He's not one of them. That's right. What was Brett Favre? Was he an East Coast guy? No, but I, you're right. I mean, I know you keep bringing up that example. I just think that they're they're just they're Is different. Sean Watson, a Cleveland guy. But once again, I told you the reason why is because no one else was giving him that contract. That's why. But the, what do the Jets provide Aaron Rodgers that no one else can? That would be the question. Well, the other problem that that Aaron Rodgers would have is that you're coming to the AFC and there are already five top-end quarterbacks 
that you're going to be playing against in the AFC, starting with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and, of course, Joe Burrow. Do you remember this? This was a long time ago with your buddy uh, Dan Marino. So when Dan Marino was done there and had retired with the Dolphins, Denny Green desperately wanted Dan Marino to play one more year with the Minnesota Vikings. And he thought about it, and they really pursued him, and it got close, and then he was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. That's sort of the way that I feel about Aaron Rodgers in this situation, because that's just not the fit. Like, that was not the fit for Dan Marino. This The Jets is not the fit for Aaron Rodgers. I would just say that Dan, Danny was coming off of the Achilles and everything. He just wasn't the same player. You know, he, it just, he just wasn't. I, I, I can give you another example. I know that uh, Phil Simms... I think I think it was Belichick who wanted Phil Simms in Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, after the Giants unceremoniously let him go. Yeah, and uh, I think there was a thought where he he was going to go, and then thought long and hard of it and said, you know, I just want to go with the ESPN and just retire as a Giant. Yeah, and that's what I think Aaron Rodgers, when thinking of everything, is going to say. I'm either going to play for the Green Bay Packers on this ridiculous contract, or I get paid fifty million dollars a year. Or I'm going to retire. Think about Aaron Rodgers. He, he's made already almost, uh, over $300 million. Yeah. But you've told me many times before, you got to forget about that. You got $50 million next year, you're going to take the $50 million, no matter I, how much I, you got. I, I, listen, that makes total sense to me, but he's such a wild card. Yeah. You don't know. You know, you just, you just don't know about what he's thinking and where his mind is at. But he has to tell Green Bay relatively quickly. Whether or not you want to, do you want to stay here and do you want to play here? Because if you don't, then we have to try to move you just so we can set our team up for next year. He owes him that at sure. least. Sure. And if he ends up wanting to play somewhere else, I mean, maybe he looked at Tom Brady's situation and said, look at that. You know, he ended up in the perfect place and then won a Super Bowl in that other place. And maybe that's what he's thinking. Good morning, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and brought to you by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. Let's get to Aaron Rodgers with Pat McAfee. You guys just spent a whole bunch of time talking about him. He says, yes, he understands $59.6 million next year. Kind of unrealistic if he stays with the Packers. I don't think there'd be a scenario where I'd come back and that would be the number. I think it, it would definitely, definitely things would have to shift. Would have to shift and, I don't know, defer, who knows. They would restructure, rework the deal. Uh, that is if he comes back and if he is with the Packers. I thought this one was interesting, though, when he asks what he thinks that they think about him and his future in Green Bay. I think it's more just living in the reality of, of what is. And what is, is they drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP... Uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Um, is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? I won two COVID MVPs? <laughs> I mean, what does he mean by that? I have no idea. I mean, he's, uh, I don't know. He's a strange guy. I, I mean, but. I do think. I mean, he also was drafted to be Brett Favre's replacement. Yes, he was. So he should understand. Coming this. full circle. 
Yeah, I don't know. I but mean, I feel like he said this is what he said last year too. I know, and he ended up back there with this massive contract. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. I just don't believe that he's going to end his career in a Jets uniform. I cannot see that. So is, really is, is he going to I end can. his career in a Green Bay uniform? He wants to. That's what he said. I think that he will. So you, Jerry, you think he could end up with the Jets? I do. Yeah. You yeah. Really, I, mean, I th- do too. Yes. Oh man. And I don't think it'd be a bad fact. I actually like the idea of mentoring Zach Wilson a little bit. He's 39. He knows he's not going there for 10 years. Well, of course. It, I mean, I, I know that it makes sense and the Jets would love it. I just, from his perspective, I just don't see him coming. Well, to, he's had it perfect in Green Bay for his entire career. I mean, like the anti-Jets is the Green Bay Packers. Like they have success every single sure. year. And I'll come back to what I've always said. Could you imagine if he came here and had success? It would be amazing. I mean, he would be, the, you know. Yeah. For, there'd be statues all over the place. And here's the one thing. You want to talk about working with Zach Wilson? He was asked what he thinks of him as a quarterback. I think he's super talented. Uh, I think, you know, I think a little uh, humility is good for all of us at various times in our careers. And I think the first year they... Literally had no players. Um, they came to practice against us, and I was like, defense can play, and the offense needs some more players. Wait, so he was asked that in what context? Just like they're running through quarterbacks? Or so is specifically to, talking un- about the Jets situation? Unfortunately for me to answer this question, I have to run through a 48-minute interview, yeah, right. which I will get to, um, but I was cutting Man. through other stuff, so I will find the exact question for you for mm, hopefully by 8.30. Well, the reason that I ask is because I want to see if McAfee's prodding I, about I, the yes. Jets. and like, sure. Does he believe that's a thing, too? Yes, I will have to go watch the entire interview to get an answer for you. Man, oh, man. But I did think it was interesting. They're talking about him. I like him. Yeah. Would you like to help him along? And then Wilson might be in perfect shape to take over then in a couple of years and ready. <sighs> It's interesting. Joe and Namath wants him here. You can have my number. I don't want to get excited about this because it would be exciting for me twofold. One, he'd be out of my division for the team I root for for the first time in forever, which would be awesome because I think Jordan Love stinks and it'd just be great to get him out of there. <laughs> and then two, the drama that we would yes, have we'll here. I remember when Favre came here, it was wild. Oh, man, this would be awesome. But I, I can't get excited. I cannot get myself excited No, no, excited of course it. not. It's all speculation at this point. Yeah. But it could be very real if reports are true that say the Packers are open to trading him, but only to an AFC team. We'll see. Sunday, the Eagles take on the Niners' NFC title game. A couple of things here. Number one, remember last week Nick Sirianni was talking about on the bye week watching the games mm-hmm. and he was eating Pizza Hut? That's right. Yeah, so it's stuffed crust. You yeah. had an issue with that? Yes. Uh, he was asked about that uh, for the Cowboys Niners this week, which he was obviously able to watch. We're also going to need an update on what your food of choice was for the uh, Niners-Cowboys team. Little Caesars. Um, the, uh, yeah, Little uh, little Caesars this time. Yeah, so you know why he said that? No. Is there a story to this now? Well, this is my theory. Are they a sponsor of the Eagles? No, no, they're a, the official pizza of the NFL. So what I think happened was he mentioned this stuffed crust pizza hut thing. ripped for And it. I said, what the hell are you doing? Little Caesars pays the NFL 80 gazillion dollars. So now when he's asked about it, he goes, oh, Little Caesars. Definitely Little Caesars. I thought Papa John's was. I think it was. I think it's Little Caesars. Aren't they all the same thing? Just like an, under a different name. It's Little Caesars because uh, Matthew Stafford is doing that pizza pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like, who cares? Like, we don't, we don't order that stuff around here. Exactly. We just don't do that. 
You don't have to do that. I didn't think he did that in, or anybody did that in Philadelphia either, but apparently they did. Uh, you know, that's, that's Philly, it's New York. I mean, like, I would, I would, I don't know. This is what we're worried about now, what he's eating. During, during <laughs> oh, it's fun and light. It's Wednesday. Right, There's nothing exactly. else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're worried about it. It's just a conversation. You know? Now, a serious thing would be C.J. Gardner-Johnson, their safety, who had his car stolen. Um, I don't know if this was during the game, the night of the game, but it was right around that time. And he was in complete disbelief as he posted uh, on his Instagram page. Let's see if I got it here. Wow. That's how y'all getting down in Philly. Y'all still after a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're still in cars here too, uh, CJ. So don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's kind of like a a rash that has basically been growing uh, for the last five years. He does yeah. say that he's aware who did it. I know exactly who stole my <laughs> bro. <laughs> because he said there were cameras there. Oh, okay. So don't know if he's true or not, but. We'll see. Yeah, did you see what's going on? It's happened like several times in Nassau County now where it's women who drive large, expensive SUVs that drive into the gas station and then they get out, start pumping the gas because in New York you have to pump your own gas. And then someone sneaks in because they leave the keys in the car and they sneak into the car and then take off yep. while the woman is there pumping the gas. Yeah, great. My God, man. Yeah. And there were, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, there's videos. It is unbelievable. I know. And you just see these, like, videos, these cars taken off, and, like, these women, like, whoa! And the gas, the thing's stuck in the car, and it's a disaster. Can you, can, you know, people are scum, man. Yeah, you, you think? Yeah. Wrong you think? With people. Yep. Oh, come on. Yep. Really? God darn. Okay. Anyhow, uh, Chiefs Bengals, obviously the AFC title game. Hey, how about the Knicks last night? Four game losing streak, gone. Randall, three pointer. Yeah, put them up 103-100. They would hold on for the 105-103 win as they beat the Cavaliers, Breen, and Clyde on MSG. Also on MSG was Randall himself after the game. 36 points, 8 of 12 from 3. Also had 13 rebounds. He said he took the threes because, quite frankly, they were there. Just take what the game gives me. You know, not relying on one or the other. Uh, just playing. Uh, three balls felt good today. Uh, so, obviously, I was going to take them. And I mentioned the losing streak. That was four in a row going into this game. Tom Thibodeau, happy to see that come to an end. Sometimes the ball goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. But come in, be consistent, play with urgency. Um, and then they don't stop. You know, we can't feel too good about it. we got to go to Boston tomorrow, and we got to get ready for them. They can at least feel good about it for one night. R.J. Yeah. Barrett hit a few threes. He scored twice. They beat uh, Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell, so that's good. That's right. And the only time that I can actually think that Donovan Mitchell and I would have a similar experience athletically happened last night. Oh, wow. He got his groin locked up. Yeah, right. So as he's going <laughs> up for a dunk, his entire body locks up. Like, ah! <laughs> and he falls to the ground. Hartenstein's there, and that was really embarrassing. So I'm yes. like, that would happen to me. And he's just back from injury. Yeah, and so that happened to him last night. Knicks now 26 and 23 on the season. Clippers beat the Lakers 133, 115, 46 for LeBron James in this game. First things first, just trying to do his part though. They lost. Was able to make a few shots tonight, you know, to try to help us um, stay in the game. I mean, the Clippers they are really good, except um, exceptionally good when they when they shoot the three ball, you know. And uh, you know, tonight they did that. I mean, they 
They made 19 threes, uh, shot 50% from the three-point line. And I know, yeah, fine. I know he's been on a few different teams, but this is still pretty cool. The only player ever to score 40 points against every team in the NBA. It's incredible. That's kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, one of the all-time greats for sure. Just adding, I mean, when you're the only person to do something, then you know you've done it right. That is pretty good. Nets in Philadelphia tonight. Kevin Durant will start working on the floor again, I think, as soon as today. will be reevaluated in two weeks. But he did say yesterday that uh, sitting out is really killing him. I want to play tomorrow if I can. So that's that's what my sense of urgency is. Uh, uh, Obviously, I don't want to rush anything. I want to make sure I'm 100%. But... Yeah, I want to play. I want to play as many games as I can. Well, again, evaluated again in two more weeks. Uh, also from basketball, Rutgers did beat Penn State last night, 65-45. And the streak is over. The streak has come to an end for Georgetown, and their radio guy is pretty fired up. Out of the backcourt, putting up a jumper off the back of the rim, no good. Zion Cruz, Hoyas win it. Hoyas win. 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 Georgetown finally gets off the schneid. Did, did he do that like 29 times for the amount of losses they had? I have no idea. It wasn't 29. It wasn't it was three. It was 20, oh, it was 23. I counted. Oh, wow. Okay. So Just now was, you counted? Yes. So what did you what know is, that was coming? No. I counted milfs yesterday. <laughs> that was 28. <laughs> this was 23. Hoyas win. Well, I, I heard it on, uh, you know, Sports Center with uh, SVP. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. I was aware of what was okay. coming, but right. I didn't know what Jerry was doing. So, 23 play. times. So That's what he said, yeah. But it was a 29-game losing streak going in the Big East going back to March of 2021. So, they're 1-9 now in the <laughs> conference. Good for them. And he did say at the end, congratulations, Patrick Ewing, who you got to feel terrible for because they've lost a lot of close games. But, yeah, they did win uh, 81-76 as they beat DePaul. Tonight, number 19, UConn faces number 13, Xavier. And you got St. John's playing at Creighton. Scott Rowland voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, um, This is brutal. And, again, these are accusations, so don't know. But the mother of Mike Clevenger's 10-month-old daughter has accused him of domestic violence and child abuse. She claims he threw an iPad at her while she was pregnant, strangled her, and threw used chewing tobacco on their child. Uh, there's more there. It is a brutal accusations, as you can imagine. He a lot of this was when he was with the Padres. He's now a member of the White Sox. Um, what else? What else? Well, Devils Golden Knights last night. A late goal from Dougie Hamilton to get the game even. And our guy Matt Lachlan is back for the game winner. Jews in the center circle. Across the line, looks up, tries to duck under a check. It comes free, and they score! The puck comes to Hamilton between the circles, drives one home. It's another overtime game winner for Dougie Hamilton, and the Devils win 3-2. Oh, (laughs) sing it to me, Matty. Matt Lachlan, Devils Radio. So I know they had a little rub stretch there for a while, but they all of a sudden have won seven of their last eight. They beat the Golden Knights in overtime 3-2, 31-12-4 for New Jersey this season. (laughs) The Rangers are in Toronto and the Islanders skate in Ottawa. All right, thank you, Jerry. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Top Studio. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Going to take you back to Sunday night. 
Cowboys 49ers third quarter. Game tied at 9. 527 left to go in the quarter. It's first and 10. And what happened after that was that George Kittle crazy bobbling up in the air catch that really changed what happened in that game because up until that point, the San Francisco 49ers had not scored a touchdown. They were struggling offensively probably more than they had the entire year and especially with Brock Purdy there. And they, you know, were driving, and this was a critical moment in the game that ended up leading to their first touchdown of the game. So this, to me, was easily one of the top three biggest plays of the game, if not the biggest play. Well, I of mean, the if game. this were a giant game, you'd say this was the play of the game. What? what, what oh, was the turning for the Giants. Turning, turning point. This point would definitely the game. be the turning point in the game. Yes, and it was the first time you really had a big play from that 49ers offense. So. Yesterday, what is circling, circling around, circulating around social media is the fact that that play should have never happened because George Kittle was an ineligible receiver. Because of the way the 49ers lined up in their formation. Yes, so you can explain it better than me. So right, so basically ahead. what ends up happening is that there's a normally, how do I put this? So normally in the huddle, we'll either call trips formation where there will be a wing back off the tight end. And the wing back would be back behind the tight end where his head would be splitting the tight end's waist, in other words. And you could clearly delineate the fact that he is off the line of scrimmage and he is not covering up the tight end. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yep. The moment that he inches towards the, 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 uh, the, the um, line of scrimmage, now, all of a sudden, there is a debate as to whether or not that tight end is covered up. And if he is covered up, which I checked in, in a number of different places yesterday just to see if, if this is how it would be ruled. Um, and in the eyes of Gene Steratore, our uh, rules official expert for CBS, right. I sent him this. Well, who has officiated a Super Bowl, by the way, oh, and yeah. did it for 20 years. So this guy knows what he's talking about. So, Gene basically sent back to me that this was an egregious error by the officials. This should have never happened. And essentially that, you know, that George Kittle was covered up on the play. All right. So CBS Sports Network has it now. So So you see 44 is on the end of the line. Debo Samuel's off the ball like he's supposed to be. But 44 is supposed to be off the ball, too. Mm -hmm. Now, Coach Cower thinks, because I sent it to Coach Cower, too. Yeah. Coach Cower thinks... That 44 is off the ball. What do you think when you look at it? I think that he's right there on the line of scrimmage and that Kittle is covered up by the defensive line. So Kittle's hand is on the 20-yard line. Mm-hmm. 44's hand Yushak, is, is off by six inches. His hand is not touching the line of scrimmage. It's actually off six inches. So in Coach Cower's mind, that's an uncovered, uh, that's, an un- that's, a, that's a legal formation. In Gene Steratore's mind, that is an illegal formation. And by that formation, 85 no longer becomes eligible because people were wondering why. Why in the world is a defensive lineman running down the field with George Kittle? That's right. That was what we were talking about on Monday. Yep. And that's the reason why, because he was covering him up on the line of scrimmage. Now, the exact, because you sent me the exact text that Gene Steratore sent you, he said uh, he's a covered receiver, meaning Kittle. So he's ineligible. It's a foul for ineligible downfield or illegal touching. 
Not sure how you missed that. His 44 is right next to him, and both are on the line of scrimmage. Exactly. So I just wanted to make sure that I had confirmation of what people you know, were talking about out there. And I, so I think what happens here is that Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind. And I remember Sam Weiss used to do this with us. And they skirt the rules. They know what the rules are. They know. And normally, the side judge or the line judge would come up to the offensive huddle and say, hey, 44, back off a little bit further. That's You're too close to the line of scrimmage. But in this case, that may have been, would, that may have been said after the play. But the fact is, is that this player that touches the ball in the eyes of Gene Steratore, and in my eyes as well, is an ineligible receiver. Yeah, and, and they did not call it. Right, and I'm obviously going to trust Gene Steratore on this. And by the way, there, you know, there's a million of these plays that happen all across the league every weekend. And these are hard things to really, really look at. And to make sure, like, I, I, like if I were doing the analysis of the game in real time, I don't necessarily know that I would see that. But then again, I'm not trained to see that as an official is trained to see that. Sure. Now, they didn't, during the broadcast, nobody brought it up. The official that is in the booth there with Pereira, I guess it is, with Fox, nobody mentioned any of it. So, I mean, it is tricky. I mean, it's a it's a complicated rule. It's not like a, a normal pass interference or a holding that we all know yeah. what it looks like. Do you remember the Baltimore-New England playoff game up in Gillette Stadium where Baltimore was winning the game and all of a sudden the second half... Uh, you know, the offense of the New England Patriots started coming out with all these different formations. Yeah, I mean, there was a loophole in the rule book, right? Right, and they were going really, really quick in and out of the huddle. So um, Baltimore had a really hard time identifying who was eligible, who was ineligible, and they kept going back and forth with this. And John Harbaugh was going, he was crazed on the sideline. He was incensed to the point where he ended up calling a timeout. Uh, in one of these uh, situations where he could just grab a hold of his defense and, and also yell at the officials. And then what came out of that game was now you see officials holding the snap of the ball so the defense can identify what the offense is doing in terms of formations and personnel groups on the field. So there was a reaction to after that game. And anytime, I always say anytime there's a reaction after a game, that means what was happening in the game was was not breaking the rules but was skirting the rules. Yeah, and so if Kyle Shanahan is asked about this, and he may be asked about this, he'll probably point to the fact that Juszczyk's hand is a little bit farther back from the line of scrimmage. But that's not, that's that's really not, the the rule is not that. Okay. The rule, the rule like, Juszczyk has got to be back, like his head has got to be back, and there's got to be a clear del- delineation. Now, it, it it's it's amazing because if you're, if you're going to look at the right tackle, McClinchy for the 49ers in this formation. He's further back than Juszczyk is. <laughs> well, the, well, the, well, the left tackle is. Not even the right tackle. But I'm saying the right tackle. tackle and the left tackle are both yeah. uh, back away from the line of scrimmage. Right, look, at Trent, look how far back. I mean, Trent Williams and Juszczyk's heads are about in the same place, but Trent Williams' body is, is farther back. And, and by the way, Juszczyk's helmet is touching, you would say, or in line with the shoulder pads of, uh, of George Kittle. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you could either say hats off to Kyle Shanahan, or you could say bad job by the officials, but either way, the biggest play in the game, you know, probably shouldn't have happened, because that's a penalty. Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's amazing, so I got I got Coach Cower on one thread, yeah. I got Gene Steratore on the other thread, because I didn't want to put them both on the same thread, because I didn't want them yeah. kind of talking beforehand and then sending me something 
like they both agree on. Yeah. So I just wanted to see how the, the Yinzers were going to look at this because <laughs> I think football was born in, in Pittsburgh. Sometimes they yeah. feel that way. And Coach Cower saw it one way, and, and Gene, Steratos, Gene Sterator saw it another way. You like separating the witnesses. Right, so you know what this means? This means that we could have a meeting on Saturday where they come to blows. Oh, no. Oh, it gets heated in these situations, yeah. Yins are on, yins are yins crime. Yins are on, yins are crime. Well, who's in the Hall of Fame who isn't? That's true, Coach Cower. Good point. Good point. with Coach Cower. Oh, wow. It's so funny listening to those guys talk because they argue all the time over, over like, stuff like this. Oh, I'm sure. All the time. It's their lives, man. Yeah, and they lived it, you know? Yep. yep. And Coach could appreciate exactly what I believe Kyle Shanahan was doing.